First thing is the silence. There's... It's more than an absence of noise. You, if you look out through the windows, you can make out McMurdo just round the bay. McMurdo, there's always noise. There's heaters, fans, there's diggers, trucks. There's always, there's always something going on. Outside, the wind is rarely still. But inside the hut, it's, there's a warmth to the silence. It's not just an absence of noise in here, there's a quality to it. So I'm standing in Discovery Hut, which is the hut that was brought down by Scott and Shackleton on their first trip south in 1901. And it was brought down from Australia, um, where it was designed and built. And if you look at paintings of Australian frontiers, you'd recognise it. But they've added double skins on the floor and the roof, which they thought would help with insulation, which it did to an extent, but it also trapped an awful lot of ice and made it a very, very cold place. And it's big. They learnt a lot from this hut. And um, when you go to Scott and Shackleton's other huts, you realise they're smaller and different designs. But they did learn a lot from what was wrong with Discovery Hut. In 1901, when they came down and built it, it was there as a safety net in case their boat came a cropper in the ice. But they used it as a warehouse and as a workshop. And later on, when Scott came down in the Terra Nova for his famous journey south, um, it was utilised a lot more then. And, and some of the men lived in it for a few months. It's Spartan. I think even the Spartans would say it's Spartan. But it's rather magical. And because there's no damp, there's no moisture here, everything stays wonderfully preserved. And if you said it had been built ten years ago, I'd believe you. There's, even, there's a mummified seal outside, which apparently is about 100 years old. There's even one inside. Seals here kept the men alive. They were food in the flesh. The remains were given to the dogs. The blubber was used for lamps to see by and lamps to cook and heat by. They tried many ways to make new and wonderful blubber stoves and lanterns, none of which worked that well. So everything inside the hut has a wonderful dark stain to it and you can smell it you can smell the blubber smoke still 120 years later i can see there's an open box with ship's biscuits that were left by scott's first party that kept kept the guys going there's oatmeal from hunters of edinburgh there's cocoa Fry's Cocoa. The huts are looked after by the New Zealanders, New Zealand Heritage Trust, and they've done the most extraordinary job. They don't turn things back to as though they were new. They just preserve them and keep them as they are. And 
you walk in to this hut and the huts at Cape Evans and Cape Royds, Scots and Shackleton's other huts, and it feels as though everyone has just stepped out and you're walking in. It's an extraordinary privilege. Not many people get to come and look at these huts. There's clothes hanging. There's um, there's some panel, wood panel, and they've raised it on some of the food boxes because this hut got extraordinarily cold to keep themselves just raised up off the floor. I'm just going to get my... Where's my book? So I've got a battered copy of Worst Journey in the World, which was absolutely Cherry Gerard's book, which is the greatest travel book ever written and must be read. And it covers the whole Terra Nova expedition. But... Cherry writes about the hut. The days at Hut Point would prove some of the happiest in my life. Just enough to eat and keep us warm. No more. No frills, nor trimmings. The luxuries of civilization satisfy only those wants which they themselves create. I find that really, really powerful. There's a point meditation for me while I've been here. We... We're never going to go back, but maybe with all our luxuries we have now, think what we've got since the days of Scott and Cherry, 120 years later, all those things around us that we perceive as necessities but are in fact luxuries that don't <laughs> bring us happiness. Maybe, maybe we can take a moment to pause and consider as we go forward what actually it is we need and want and what brings us happiness and the the great cost to our planet of all these things that are produced. Um, one of the things that people still don't really realise is that when the Terra Nova expedition came down, it was primarily a science expedition. The race for the pole that was something that was escalated by the arrival of Amundsen. It was always there, but there was, there was a battle between that and the science. And the science that the party did is still being used today. The group's meteorological readings were the first consistent readings taken in Antarctica and they are still a baseline for what we are recording today and what we see in our world's climate. Those readings are still of great use and still being used, which I find extraordinary. They were utterly devoted to science and when they found the bodies of the Pole Party in their sledge was a pile of rocks they, that they were bringing back for the geologists. So they discarded other things they perceived as less important. They left a sleeping bag, which they considered unimportant, but the rocks were vital. So even with their last energy, they did not discard those rocks. They carried them. Science was that important to them. And some of the rocks they collected, the most important, they found ferns fern fossils, which they realised many millions of years ago that the climate of Antarctica was so different that ferns were growing here. It's one of the last pieces in the puzzle before they came up with the realisation of Gondwanaland, one continent before they separated. So 120 years ago, those few men were here, devoted to science, and now we're here and we have McMurdo which is National Science Foundation, and 
There's another bunch of extraordinary scientists here devoted to collecting data to help us understand what's going on, not just in Antarctica, but around the world, and to try and help us find solutions to our climate's ever-growing temperature. The, this year, I've travelled to many, many countries, and everywhere I am seeing the effects of climate change and biodiversity loss. What's different here? Yes, in Antarctica, there are changes, and they are not good. But what I've loved here is the positiveness of all the scientists and everyone working on this base. Yeah, there are big problems. There are huge problems. Some of them may well be insurmountable, but there are people here utterly devoted and driven to solving those problems. And that they're excited about it. They're excited about the science, about finding ways to solve things. And that I haven't come across for a long, long time. There's hope here. And very brilliant people working very hard to find solutions. And that's a lovely way to end the year, actually. I've seen a lot that has made me really sad and worried about the world and it's amazing at the end to come to somewhere like Antarctica um, we're almost to the day at the 60th anniversary of the Antarctic Treaty where the 12 original signatories signed up to keep Antarctica pristine no waste, no nuclear weapons no nuclear energy um, no armies to have it as a place devoted to science it's amazing to be here at the end of the year and to to find some hope. And I think Scott and the rest of his party would like that. They'd like to know that 120 years later, just round the bay from the first hut, there's another group of scientists and explorers equally as devoted to bettering knowledge of our planet. Uh, yesterday morning I climbed to the top of Observation Hill where Scott's men would climb almost daily when the ship was due to look out to see, see if they could spot it. When the ship came after the second winter, they took timbers from the boat and the ship's carpenter constructed a cross that they carried up and put up there to mark the deaths of the men who didn't make it back from the pole. And on it is inscribed to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. I think we live in a very different world now. But those words sum up Scott and his party, and it also sums up the spirit I've found of the people who work here. There's a lot of brilliant people working very hard to find solutions to our current crisis, and that is a wonderful thing.